and to Jesus be the glory and the honor. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. We're in California. We're loving it. You know, it's a beautiful day today. We're on the 405. And my daughter, my precious Natasha's back there. Yeah, there she is. And Chad is driving. And he's, he's, he's behaving today. He's behaving. Because sometimes he drives a little fast. Don't do that now. Sorry. Thank you. Anyways. Uh, I had a question uh, from the two of them about baptism. Um, my grandchild, Nathaniel, who's adorable, wants to be baptized. So my Tasha said to me this morning, she said, at what age can I baptize my little boy? He's almost eight. And imagine a little eight-year-old wants to be baptized. I love it. Well, let's talk first about the importance of baptism. And then we'll answer the question, at what age your children, if they ask you to be baptized, should you baptize them or have them baptized? So, uh, you want to you wanna ask quickly a question here because I know you want to say something. So, go ahead. Thank you. So, I, I just, yeah, like what you mentioned that we were asking earlier about baptism. What is the importance of baptism? Yeah. Uh, the effect it has on the believer's life. What hinders, uh, what can, um, can they be hindered in their Christian walk if they don't get baptized? And uh, at what point, like Natasha was wondering, should they be, should they be baptized? Right, well, there's a lot to talk about, so let's, let's, let's begin. And Lord, I thank you for your word. I bless your holy name. Speak to your people today, Lord. Amen. And God's people said, wonderful Jesus, we love you. Amen. All right, so repent and be baptized is what the scripture says. And a lot of people today, sadly, that you hear about them getting baptized, have never really uh, known what repentance means. So to be baptized without obeying the scripture when it comes to repentance does nothing for anyone. In fact, there is no blessings with it. So repentance is vital to seeing results when someone is baptized. Because baptism is the affirmation of faith publicly. 2,000 years ago, they did not have altar calls. Uh, when Peter preached the gospel on the day of Pentecost, he didn't have anyone come forward. He just said, repent and be baptized. And remember that after they were filled with the Holy Spirit, in the house of Cornelius, they were all baptized. So it's very important we understand repentance first. Those dear people who sat in the house of Cornelius accepted the message of salvation and repented. And when they repented, God saw that in their hearts and filled them with the Holy Spirit. Now, repentance is the key, the foundation for baptism. Now, when we read Romans chapter 6, for example, we read about being baptized into Jesus Christ. That has nothing to do with the baptism of water. Baptism of water is really the circumcision of the heart. When someone publicly says, I am a disciple 
of Jesus Christ. I'm a follower of the Lord and I want to make that public. That is what really the altar call was 2,000 years ago. It was baptism. Baptism is what was the declaration of I'm a Christian. So today in many parts of the world, when someone leaves their religion and they say I'm a Christian, in most cases, they, you know, nothing happens. But when they get baptized, they get persecuted. Why? Because most of the world understands it's that public affirmation of the Christian faith. All right, now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit follows repentance. Now, I will say that I have also known people who repented and were baptized at that same time that same day they did not want to wait for someone to baptize them they baptized themselves like madame sheikh was a wonderful saint of god from pakistan and she was not a christian and someone gave her the bible and put it on her on right next to her bed where she slept she was a princess in pakistan a very influential family and she had a dream and she saw this bright light shining next to her. And when she opened her eyes, there was the Bible that someone had put there. She began reading the Gospels. She accepted Jesus as Savior, repented, and went to her bathtub and baptized herself. And as a result, they wanted to kill her after that. And she fled from Pakistan and came to the U.S and God gave her an amazing ministry. It was Catherine Kuhlman, by the way, that helped her come to the United States. So she understood without anyone telling her from the Word of God the importance of baptism in connection to repentance. I will never forget when I was baptized by Maxwell White. I had just gotten saved. Two weeks later, I was baptized. Now, no one had told me much about the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was saved. I didn't know anything about it because no one had told me. But I will never forget when I was baptized, I came out of those waters and I was filled with the Holy Spirit shortly after that in my bedroom. And the gift of tongues came out of me like a river of life. I will never forget that. Oh, thank God for that moment. But you see, the thing is, a lot of people today are not able to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they have never really been truly taught, instructed when it came to repentance. Repentance. Repent from your sin. Turn around. And that amazing decision will declare you righteous in the sight of God. And I've been talking about the difference between justification and sanctification. Justification is in Romans 4 and 5, beginning, frankly, with Romans 3, when Paul talks about how God declared Abraham righteous because he believed in God, in God. It's a big difference about believing that God and in God. Example, well, I believe that God loves me, okay? But that doesn't change your life. I believe that he sent his son, all right? I believe that Jesus came to earth. Well, that doesn't change people's lives. 
because even the enemy knows that. I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that he rose from the, from the dead. I believe that doesn't change people. But when you believe in, you believe in, it changes your life. Because when you believe in him, you give him your life. You give him your soul to keep. You believe in him. Big difference than believing that Jesus died, that he rose from the dead. But when you believe in him, that's when you surrender. And that is true repentance. When you say, Lord, I want to live for you, not for the world, for you, not for myself. I repent of my sins. I repent of my sins. I want to say something else because now it's so important that we talk about that. Salvation demands certain steps. Do you remember when the Lord was in Caesarea Philippi and he said, he asked his disciples, whom do men say that I am? Well, Lord, some say you're John the Baptist and some say you're one of the prophets. And then he said, whom do you say that I am? And Peter spoke and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And the Lord said, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my father, which is in heaven. And later he told Peter, I give you the keys of the kingdom, guaranteeing his entrance. Four things happened right there. Number one, he stood face to face with the living Christ. It is imperative that when someone is truly born again, they have a face to face encounter with Jesus where he becomes more real than life itself. Number two, the Holy Spirit revealed to Peter that this is the Messiah. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. How precious. Today, many religions have their own Messiah. So when someone says, come to Christ, I want to say, which one? Because there's many Christs out there. There are many, many messiahs. Many religions have their own messiahs. There's only one true messiah. His name is Jesus. In the name of Jesus, it declares. No man can be saved without the name of Jesus. All right? So now you have to have a revelation that Jesus is the messiah and no one else. And so the Lord says to Peter, flesh and blood have not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Number three, he had to, to acknowledge him. He said, you are the Christ. We have to confess it with our mouth. And number four, he acknowledged that publicly, public declaration. Once that happens, baptism is absolutely necessary. Because when the eunuch confessed the Lord and he looked and said, there's water. Remember on the chariot with Philip, he understood right there he had to be baptized that same day by Philip. So baptism today, I think, has been uh, kind of pushed aside. But the Bible is very, very clear that baptism brings stability to that person's life. Baptism brings affirmation, and affirmation brings stability. And you talked about 
you know, what are the results? Freedom. Freedom even from the demonic. Listen to me carefully. Anyone today who is harassed by demons still or is oppressed by demons still, their foundation was not laid properly. Because demons cannot stay. When there is a true, true repentance and true how shall I say, face-to-face -face encounter with the living Lord? No devil can stay. Because in his presence, there's freedom. That's why I asked a man one day, I said, have you ever had a face-to-face -face encounter with the living Lord, with Jesus? He said, I'm a Pentecostal. I said, that's not, that's not what I asked you. Have you ever had a face-to-face -face encounter? He said, well, I speak in tongues. I said, that's not what I'm asking. He had no idea what I was talking about because nobody teaches that today. Peter had a face-to-face -face encounter. When I got saved in 1972, the Lord became more real to me than all the students in my classroom. And I got saved in high school, February. Oh, what a day that was, 14th, 1972, Eight. 7.50 in the morning, almost 8 a.m. When I walked into that class, the Lord was so real. I was crying, saying, Jesus, I love you. I love you. I love you. With all the students hearing me. And I went home that day. I said, Mama, Mama, I became a Christian. She said, but you were born a Christian. I said, no, today I really became a Christian. And persecution followed in our home for two years till my mama and, and my daddy were also saved my entire family because we grew up Greek Orthodox, you know. But, I, but I'm telling you, it's that is the key, I think. That's what I call the golden rope that holds your heart and the Lord's as one. You and the Lord's heart become one. At face-to-face encounter. Yeah, face-to-face -face because we, we will all have moments of challenges. Or we'll all have moments of temptation when the world will try to pull us away. And we go back to that moment when the Lord became real to us. And that keeps us in the faith. Till we grow stronger and stronger and stronger through the Word of God. And then Satan has nothing in us. See, a lot of people, when they get saved, they say, well, I backslid. Well, if you have had that face-to-face -face encounter, you would not have backslid then. But the minute you have that face-to-face -face encounter, you're in. You can never walk away from the Lord. It's impossible to walk away when you've had that face-to-face -face encounter. And the reason, Tashi, by the way, baby, the reason many are leaving the church today is because they've never had a face-to-face -face encounter with the, with the Lord. How can you walk away when you've met Him, truly met Him, not prayed a prayer, but met Him? Lord God, I give you the praise. Wonderful Jesus. Okay, so baptism is that affirmation of that reality. Am I making myself clear? The minute Jesus becomes real, the minute you have that face-to-face -face encounter, the minute you acknowledge Him by the Holy Spirit, a revelation in your heart that knows this is the Christ. Wow. The minute you acknowledge Him with your mouth, 
you are my savior. And the minute you do it publicly, let others know you're a Christian, get baptized. Because baptism is an affirmation in the spirit. In the spirit. It's way more than something in the natural. Yeah, in the natural you can say, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, I'm saved. But the spiritual world will not acknowledge that till you are baptized. Demons will not acknowledge that till you're baptized. Because you're really identifying with You're identifying death. with his death and resurrection. Absolutely. That's powerful. Absolutely. And because, huh? I'm so sorry. I was just, and like you said, how can you truly get baptized in water unless you've had that face-to-face -face encounter to know that Jesus is the, the Bible, Messiah? The, the Bible says, exactly, the Bible says that those who were not circumcised in the Old Covenant were cut off. It's the same in the New Testament. Baptism is circumcision of the heart. And, and God literally establishes that life once they are baptized in Him in his kingdom but today nobody hears about it they people go to the holy land i've told them when i've i've taken trips to the holy land i said this is not about getting wet here this is a, a very serious decision but some like to go to israel to get rebaptized and rebaptized and rebaptized when they've already been baptized for the experience i i understand that i've baptized many people in the river jordan because I know that it, it, it was something holy for them. But they were, they were already in the faith. But someone who has not been baptized at all needs to be baptized. Now, your question, Tosh, at what age? At the age when they know what they're doing. At the age when they understand the gospel. At the age when they recognize Jesus is their Savior. So... Your son is eight years old, almost eight, my, my grandson. Once he understands, because I've seen uh, amazing children with amazing understanding of the gospel. In fact, some of them have uh, a greater understanding than even some grown-ups. I've talked to them. I was amazed in many of our crusades where they would come up on the platform and tell me, how they know the Lord like moving moving to where it almost brings you to tears and and when they know that baptize them just get them baptized or baptize them yourself they'll never walk away from the faith because they will remember that did you hear me my Tashi yes, you want to say something or ask anything I answered, of course, because, see, God, the Holy Spirit will reveal Jesus to that little, to that precious heart. He will reveal the Son of God to your Son. And at that moment, let God lead you, baby. Okay? Well, listen, I pray this has helped you and been a blessing to you. I want to pray right now for you, wonderful Lord. I pray you'll give them clarity if they're facing that situation with a family member or even themselves. And I pray that your Holy Spirit 
will convict every individual today who has not repented. Lord my God, reveal the importance to them. Open their hearts to receive. Blessed Holy Spirit, touch their life in Jesus' mighty name. Yes, Lord, bring them to you and anoint them for your glory and use them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. It's very interesting you should ask me about this today because I had a, a question yesterday from someone in the ministry about this. Really? Send me a text, yeah. I'll tell you about it. Wow. That they, they, I'm speaking to a group of, of pastors here on Thursday and uh, a minister sent me said, would you, would, you, would you deal with that? Would you help us understand more about baptism? And I'm thinking, wow, these are a group of, of pastors yeah. that want, want to know. So, and, and I wasn't even thinking about it when, when, we, when, when you asked me to, uh, you know, to, to answer those questions. All right, it's time to give to the Lord's work. Give, it shall be given unto you, good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give to, to your bosom. And these words were spoken by the highest authority, Jesus, the Son of God. He said, give. So giving is not an advice. Giving is God's command. Give. When we give in obedience, because see, there's three keys to prosperity. Key number one, that God says in Proverbs 8, that those who love him will inherit substance. I mean, cause those who love me to inherit substance, it says in Proverbs 8. Number two, God's word. This book of the law will not depart out of your heart. You'll meditate therein day and night and you'll prosper. And number three, obedience. In Job 36, if they obey and serve him, if they obey and serve him, they'll spend their days in prosperity. So obedience is the tough one. We all love the Lord. We all wanna, wanna obey him. We all love his word. But when it comes to money, some people become very uncomfortable because they have not been taught right, taught right. I know a church in Indonesia that takes two years to teach their members about giving. And they're some of the wealthiest people on earth there in Surabaya. So it's time we believe what the Bible says so God can bless us and bless our future and our children's future. So giving is the law of God. We have to obey. And when we obey, we step out in faith, God comes and does the rest. And I'm praying right now that God will prosper you in these difficult days that you'll never, never lack, not even for a day, not even for an hour. Precious Jesus, I pray that you'll bless them as they sow, bless them as they give, protect their futures, I pray, Lord. And anyone, Lord, who is in need today financially, let them see that harvest come their way. I expect it for them. You said, if two will agree, you'll do it. Lord, we agree together, it will be done. That harvest will come in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And Lord, give your people the, the heart's desire today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, you can sew on the platform you're watching me on. You can also go to our website, benihin.org, or simply text 
BHM45777. Okay, you want to say goodbye? Bye. And you too, senor. Bye-bye. God bless. And then uh, we will be in Cali till uh, Saturday, and then we go back to Florida. So we'll be with you again tomorrow. In fact, tomorrow I'll be with a large uh, Arabic uh, network uh, here, and uh, maybe we'll do something from there. That would be nice. Okay. Much love to all of you. And I'll see you again. Bye-bye.